it's very easy to minister without being a prayer person. I remember when I when I was ministering as a, a missionary in the South Indian Ocean, Madagascar, Reunion Island, Mauritius. I was there as a missionary, and one day the Lord talked to me about my prayer life. We had a lot of problems because our prayer life was not what God uh, expected us to have. And I can tell you, a lot of people have very little understanding of what is a prayer life. And um, because my prayer life was not what God expected, I almost lost my family and I almost lost my ministry. I came to a burnout and I took my first sabbatical because of this burnout. We went to England. And you know, most of the time, a minister, when he takes a, a sabbatical, he handed on a secular job. Because most of the people, they don't care about you when you don't minister, you know. So we were in England, and I was assistant manager. And it was in Southampton in UK, in south of UK. And I was there. And it can be very boring on evening <laughs> when no customer, nothing happened, and you're alone. So I, I tried to put the radio on, and on the radios they were soccer. But I hate soccer. So I switch off and I try to do something else, but nothing was here to entertain me. So out of my burnout, I just decided that I may pray. Uh, let's start. Uh, how can I start that? Uh, dear, uh, dear Lord... And suddenly, yes, I'm here. <laughs> In my petrol station. And the Lord asked me, where have you been, son? If you wanted to upset me, this was exactly the perfect question to ask me. For six years, I laid down my life for the mission. I was preaching six seven, sometimes eight times a week. We were running three churches together. I was traveling like crazy to Madagascar, to Rinunainen, to Mauritius, to Israel. And you ask me where I have been? I was upset. And you don't know me. I look very good, but you don't know how to play with me, you know, when I am upset. So the Lord just went. And suddenly I said, man, you're kind of fool, you know. God show up as a father in your petrol station and you just kicked him out. So I said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, maybe I didn't understand your question. What did you say exactly? <laughs> Where have you been, son? <clears throat> Again! So I understood well the first time. This is exactly what you mean. You ask me where I've been. Are you blind? <laughs> you know, I, I can be very stupid with God time to time. 
especially when I am upset. God came a third time, and when he said, where have you been, son, for the third time, I realized that the key word of this question was nothing to do where, where I was. God knows everything. Even the things that you don't want him to know, he knows them. He does not care to know where I was because he knew. But he wanted to know where I was as a son. You know, I've been praying so much during those years. I was praying for a good message. Because I need to, 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 to minister, to preach four, five, six times a week. So I need to pray for message. I need to pray for the teaching I was going to give to the leadership. I need to pray for the finance to be able to travel to Madagascar. Because when you travel to Madagascar, it costs you money. You don't go there for an offering, there is none. Madagascar is the second poorest country in the world. You don't go there for an offering. Even if they make an offering, you know, it's not going even to pay the ticket to fly there. So I was praying for finance. I was praying for the sick. And we saw miracles and we saw people get saved and people get healed. We saw people jump out of their bed after more than two years laying on their bed. We saw amazing things. But God wanted to know. Where is my son? You know the first thing that I want to say before I start about the Lord's Prayer. God really don't care what you are doing. He's caring about who you are. Did you get the point that you are son and daughter of the mighty, amazing God of Israel? This is all about identity. It's not about what you do. Most of the time when you ask someone, Who are you? Oh, I am a pastor. I don't care what you do. Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? I am French. I don't care where you come from. I'm asking you. Who are you? And the answer of this question will define your entire life. So many people are ministering and they do not get the fact that they are son and daughter. So they are servant. Don't you believe that God has enough servant? He has all the creation, all the angels. He does have enough. He didn't give a son for you to serve him as a servant. You know the first thing about the Holy Spirit. What is the first task that God gives to the Holy Spirit? Convince us that we have been adopted by God the Father. Remember when Jesus talked with the apostle. He said, okay guys, I'm going to send you two by two. Uh, Lord, uh, how are we going to eat? How are we going to travel? So Jesus said, okay guys, you are Father. And actually... Pretty bad father. But when your children ask you for something good, you don't give them something bad. So do you really believe that the Lord, the father, is not going to give you what he takes? 
And Jesus says something very interesting. As they are thinking about clothing, food, Jesus says, the Father will send you the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there is only one way to understand this new identity when you are Christian. There is only one way. is to let the Holy Spirit to come and to convince your heart that you have been adopted. You have children. You bless your children. Did you give them some money time to times? Okay. I'm not your child, but I'm going to ask you $25,000 to change my car. Are you going to give it to me? No. According to what it's for. For a new car. I want to cover it. No. Oh, come on. American dreams. No, he's not going to give me $25,000 because I'm not his son. He's not my dad. And there is no reason for me to ask this gentleman $25,000. Do you agree? If a stranger come to your home and say, give me $25,000 or even give me $2,000, you will not give it. Why? Because it's not your son. But now if your child come to you and has you the moon, you will do your best to give it. Because it's your son. So the Holy Spirit is here to teach us that we can ask whatever we need. And actually we don't even have to ask because the Lord knows. I'm not going to teach you this morning how to pray the Lord's Prayer. This is not my business. This is between you and the Father. But I want you to understand a couple of things. Everything starts with Jesus talking to um, his disciple. And I'm going to read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. And I'm going to read you this in a translation which is not usual, it's called the Passion Translation. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God. So basically Jesus starts by saying, hey, if you keep on repeating, I need that, I need that, I need that. You do like the people who does not know God as a father. Praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. You know, as a father, I don't need that my children say many words for me to understand what they need. I just need to have a look on them. You know, sometimes I look at my daughter and she look at me and I just know exactly how she feel, why she feel like that. She's my daughter. It's the same with the father. There is no need to imitate them. Since the father already know what you need before you ask him. You know, many years ago, I was going through those teachings, those books. And I remember they were very on top of the list of 
all the teacher, all the preacher. When you speak to God, when you pray God, you should ask with all fully details what you want. And you may not receive because you don't give enough details to God. And the guy wrote a book about that. And in his book he explained that one day a story of a bicycle that he, he, he has for the bicycle, he didn't get it. And, and God said, it's because you didn't ask for the right one. So he, he has for a blue bicycle with two wheels because it was not stupid. <laughs> oh my goodness. And God gave him the blue bicycle. I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy that. It's like when some people say, Oh, I'm going to fast for a new car. You are going to starve. You are going to fast for a new car? But it's stupid. For 20 years, my wife and I, we do every year a Daniel's fast. Not to twist the arm of the father in his back until he blessed me. But just because we want to know what is the will of God. And this is all, the only good reason for fasting is to hear God. Basically, when you fast, you take your flesh, you take your soul, and you say to your soul and your flesh, you are not going to be the boss for the three next week. I want my spirit to hear God. So I'm taking down my flesh. I'm taking down my emotion. I'm taking down all of my life. Because I want to hear God. And when I fast, I don't fast for a car. I fast for God to show me the way that he's going to give it the car. So Jesus starts here. Guys, don't repeat the same thing. Such a, a wrong understanding of the parable that Jesus say about the bad judge. We don't understand this parable that it should be understand. God does not need you to repeat 23 times that you need food on your table to give you food, okay? This is not prayer. Anyway, it's not a f- spirit-filled prayer. So Jesus said, the first thing that I want you to understand is do not do like the people in the world. Do not do anything like that. Because this is not what the Father wants. He said the first thing that you need to do when it comes to prayer is to understand who is God. You know, sometimes we, we have weird prayer. Just weird. Oh, Father God. Lord of all. King of universe. Start good. Oh, come on. I do. I, I train myself in front of a mirror. You should say, yes, it's good. You look very spiritual, Michael. The problem is the following sentence. If you want to bless me. Because actually I'm not sure that you want to bless me. (laughs) I know I swear three times when I was driving the car yesterday. (laughs) Does your children need to deserve your love? No. Do you want to bless your children? Yes. Yes. We have. No problem 
to bless our children. This is in our DNA. When we understand they are our children, we just want to bless them. It's in the DNA of God to bless you because you are His children. So the first thing that Jesus taught His disciple, how Father. We just start to say, who He is. And it's very interesting because how Father is the first statement of the prayer. We are going to cut a lot of little pieces today, okay? How Father. We need to acknowledge Him as our Father. Yes, He is the God of universe. Yes, He is the Lord of Lords, the King of King. But for me, when I go to my daddy, I'm here to acknowledge that I have been adopted by the Father. He's my sweet daddy. He's the one that I can trust 100, 200, 300 percent. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have no way to doubt about my daddy's love. Long before I deserve it, he gave what he had, the most precious thing he had. He gave his son for me to be saved. Do you really believe that I need to twist his arm to give me a car? No. He offered his son. So the first thing that Jesus has the disciple to understand, in the first word of the prayer that he taught them, Father, Abba, what a beautiful word. The Father wants us to understand who he is. And when I understand who he is, and when I understand who am I, faith starts to be built into my spirit. I can suddenly feel faith coming. Why? Because I know the truth about him and about me. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. John 8, 32. The truth about who he is and who you are. When this truth is firmly established in your life, you will see signs, wonder, and miracles. Remember Jesus. Father, I know that whatever I ask you, you will give it to me. I know it. But I want them to understand it too. Hallelujah. Our Father dwelling in heavenly realms, may your glory and the glory of your name be the center on which our life turn. This is a passion translation. Jesus said, Father, now that we know who you are, may your glory and the reality of the heavenly to become our reality here on earth. In other words, may your kingdom come, may your will to be done in my life like it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. I just need to know who is the Father and who am I? This is why I wrote this book about a new identity in Christ. So many Christians today have no clue of who they are 
and have no clue of who is God. They just know the God that somebody preached to them. And sometimes we preach a God made to our own image. You know, sometimes I'm listening to those guys and I say, Wow, this is not my Jesus. I'm sorry. This is not the one that I accept in my life and I give my life to. This is marketing. The gospel is not made for marketing. The gospel is the truth. The way. The life. You don't need to get someone good on marketing to bring the gospel. You need to bring someone who met the Father. Who met the Son and who met the Holy Spirit. God is God. And you know, we need to acknowledge that God is not on the same level than we are. I just hate when people treat God like a buddy. Like, come on. Jesus cannot be your buddy. He's your Lord. Yes, he is a friend. But you know, you must pay respect. He's not a buddy. You know, sometimes I'm very shocked, you know. People all week long, they go to work. And they are right on time for their boss. Why people cannot pay as much respect to God? How people just dare to be late every week when it's time to go to church? Okay? So it's like all the churches in the entire planet have a problem with their watch. God is never late. We need to reconsider how we are treating God. It's not a matter to treat well the pastor by being on time on Sunday, you know. It's a matter of treating God. Then Jesus goes, manifest your kingdom real and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. Remember that when Jesus was in Gethsemane, he was on the edge to die. He told his father, Father, if this cup can go away, wow. But not my will. Your will to be done. And this is a third key that Jesus gives to the people when he comes to prayer. You're not going to God with your list of supermarket and grocery. You are going to God to be able to hear what is His will. And to pray, Father, I want your will to be done in my life. Why? Because I know that your will for me is the best thing that can happen in my life. I want your will to be done, not mine. You know, I know my wills. And sometimes they are just nasty. Sometimes I even speak those nasty will. Thank you, Lord, you didn't listen to my prayer. You know what? The will of God should be the only thing that you want. I know it's not easy, but this should be. Because the will of God for your life is the best thing that can have arrived in your life. 
May your will to be done, not mine. The Lord never preached the gospel of salvation. The Lord Jesus, when he walked on this earth, didn't preach salvation. He preached the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. What is a kingdom? Is a civilization where you got on the top a king. If you got a president, it's a republic or a democracy. But if it's a kingdom, you need to have a king. What is the difference between a king and a president or a prime minister? A king has full authority. He don't care about what you vote. He don't care about what you think. He don't care about what you want. He is the king. And Jesus came and say, I'm going to tell you something. The kingdom of God is coming. What that mean? Jesus explained. The deaf can hear. The mute can speak. The crimble can dance. People are resurrected from death. The good news of the gospel is preached to the poor. This is what Jesus said when the disciple of John came. Are you the one that we are supposed And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is coming. Look at those signs. The kingdom is coming. What does that mean that the kingdom is coming? That means that the laws and the rules of this world are going to pass. And the law and the rules of God are going to be applied. This should be our prayer every day. May your kingdom come. May your will to be done on earth, on my life, on my family, on my city, like it's in heaven. But we are so busy to ask for the car, we don't have much time to ask for the kingdom to come. Guys, this is true. I'm sorry, it's true. Most of the people, when they go to pray, is because they have something to ask for themselves. And time to time for their family. But Jesus said, this is not the way to do it. What we learn and did about prayer for centuries was going away from what Jesus taught his disciples. We need to really understand that. When you ask the Lord that His will to be done in your life, if you accept that the Lord is changing something in your life, what is going to happen? Your entire family is going to be blessed by that. Your wife is going to be blessed by that. Because I'm sure that if the will of God is applied in your life, you become a better husband. You become a better dad. So your family is going to be blessed. Now, if your family is blessed because you accepted that God put His will in your life, when your family is coming to church, the church is going to be blessed. The pastor will see your family and he will be encouraged and he will not have to, to, to change all the spiritual diaper of your family because you are a bad dad. So your church is going to be blessed. What is going to happen when your church is going to be better? The neighborhood all around your church 
is going to get better because the pastor is going suddenly to do something different than taking care for you. He's going to start to take care for the neighborhood. And suddenly the entire neighborhood is going to be blessed. What is going to happen when the neighborhood is blessed? The people of the city all are coming and talk to you and say, Hey, what's going on here? There were so much crime in this neighborhood and now we don't have any more crime report. Because you accept that the Lord your God, your King, start to rule your personal life. Don't say, oh, I am just a little guy in in the middle of New Mexico. Because you can change the entire atmosphere of your family, your church, your neighborhood, your city. I place the kingdom of God and is justice before anything I wanted. The attitude of one man changed the entire atmosphere of the area. It's not just going to change your life, it's going to change everything around you. Light always overcomes the darkness. Don't say, I am just a little guy or just a little woman there. Don't say that, because if you decide to apply the prayer law to your life, you may change the atmosphere around you. You know, too many Christians will just worship God by singing a song or giving a tithe. But this is not what the Lord asks. In the book of Samuel, the Lord says, Samuel 15, verse 22, as the Lord has much delight in burnt offering and sacrifice, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? No. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. When you accept the will of God in your life, and when you decide to obey the will of God in your life, it's better than any kind of sacrifice. It's better than bringing your tithes and your offering. Is better than singing and dancing on Sunday morning service. When you decide to obey, we need to learn to obey.